The Outfield is perhaps the second most American-sounding band name next to The Baseball Boys. Both of these names belong to the same British band, and although The Outfield never found much success in their homeland, they did gain some traction in the U.S. with the first two singles off their 1985 debut album, Play Deep. According to vocalist and bassist Tony Lewis, it only took 20 minutes to write the second single for the album. Guitarist John Spinks was the primary writer for the band and this single. Spinks invited Lewis over to his East London flat, and they wrote the whole song there. They then took it to their demo sessions with their producer William Whitman, who heard the soft demo and recommended the band go for a more hard rock approach. Instrumentally, they drew on influences from The Who and The Cars, with Lewis's vocals styled after Sting and Steve Perry. The final result hit number six on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. and has been featured in a variety of TV shows and movies, including Family Guy, Saturday Night Live, and the 2014 film Tammy. The song even makes an appearance on the soundtrack for Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Today, people still wonder about some of the mysteries presented in the song's lyrics. Who was Josie? Did the song's narrator get laid or not? If you're right, does that mean I'm wrong? That's right. In honor of the recently passed Tony Lewis, we're talking Your Love by The Outfield on Cover Me. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is on a vacation far away. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by another shoulder to cry upon. Alex Mildenberger. Alex. Mildenberger. How you doing, man? That's that's me. I'm doing pretty good. It's somehow 15 degrees in Calgary on November 1st, which is pretty Unheard exciting. Unheard of. Um... I'm and, not totally unheard of, but it's, you know, my youth is defined by snowy Halloweens, and it's not like it changed the next day, you know? Yeah, I mean, we had, like, minus 10, like, not that long ago. So, mm-hmm. um, we got nice for Halloween, and we got nicer for, uh, is it All Saints Day? All Souls Day, maybe? I believe it is maybe? All Saints Day today. Uh, possibly the same thing, possibly not. Um, Daylight Savings yeah. Time Day, baby. And that's why I was late for this recording, is because I was walking down by the river, and I didn't <laughs> give myself enough time to come back. Oh, that's fair. You got. Oh, you got to get that fifteen. You gotta walk down by the river. Gotta walk down by the river. I guess you are just super close to the river now. Yeah, yeah. It takes me like ten minutes to get to the river. On foot. Do do you? Did you play "Take Me to the River" on your way down there? No, no. Because like, which version would we play? You could play all of them. If we, if I put together a playlist, you could just do them all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, but I'm so close, I wouldn't even be able to get through it. That's yeah. That's fair. But, Alex, we're not here to talk about Take Me to the River by Reverend... Is it Reverend Al Green? Oh, uh, I don't even remember. I mostly know the Talking Heads version. Yeah, it is uh, It is Al Green, because Reverend Green is the guy referenced in uh, Walking in Memphis. Yeah. And he, yeah. he does the version that is then covered by Talking Heads. Yes. Sweet. I know stuff. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the outfield. Alex, when I told you we were doing this last week, you yeah. said, I don't know that song. I said, I don't know that was song. That, does that, was that true? That was true. Yeah, okay. I don't recognize you this heard song it at all. Said, you don't recognize this at all? Okay, Alex, what do you think about this song? What do I think about this song? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty decent, like, 80s rock thing. Um, it's catchy. I was singing along. Yeah. Um, it's a, a really, a, apparently very, uh, we'll talk about this a bit more in the in the actual, like, production, but they were, like, very vocally focused, I guess, because they would start from vocals and kind of build outward from there. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's not like built around any riff or anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like kind of rhythm guitar and texture and stuff, but a lot of the guitar is, is yeah, kind of in the background. Um, yeah. The other thing, I brought this up to my roommates and Nicole kept mentioning she knew this song was in a commercial. It's in a bounce commercial that takes this song and like parody. Well, I don't know. They just replaces the lyrics. Huh. And it's all what about. Does it change it to? Yeah, tell me. It's like about how his shirt's wrinkled and he needs to put bounce sheets in his dryer so his shirts aren't wrinkled. Okay. So you oh, gotta use got... some use some bounce to dry. Instead of use your love tonight. Yeah, Harry's meeting clients from far away. Yeah. They only see his wrinkles. But now he's got his bounce. Gotta play it cool to seal the deal. Gotta find a way to smooth things over. Then he's in a sauna for some reason. And uh, he's got to use bounce to dry it. Okay. And now everybody loves him. Because he Look uses bounce. How do you sell that in the, in the, <laughs> in the ad pitch? Like, yeah. well, I've been listening to the outfield all week. So, I, it sounds like it's about baseball. It's not about baseball. Um, could be about baseball. Yeah, there are a lot of baseball, though. Like, this, the album is... What's the album called? It's baseball Play deep? related. Oh Play yeah, deep? like playing. Yeah, yeah and their baseball. original name was the Baseball Boys. So they really like baseball, which like they wear it on their sleeves. Supposedly, like Rush, the band mm-hmm. also really like baseball, but you don't know that from listening to their music. No, I, I don't. Um, do they mention base? Not even like Red Barchetta, which would be an easy song to slip in a reference to baseball. Yeah, I don't know if there... Neil Peart cared that much about baseball. Maybe. Okay. But. I mean, we saw them. I know when, like, their merch booth, they had like the like baseball style shirts. Those like kind of short ones. You know right. About? That's that. And the thing is, with a band that road, big, I can imagine you just doing that. But I guess how do you pick which sport style you're gonna do for a shirt? True. That must be based on some. Personal yeah, I preference. mean, I always thought of them as very Canadian, but they didn't have hockey jerseys. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Just gotta pick some. Anyway, this song's not about baseball. No, it's It's not. also not it's about, about drying your shirts, generally it's speaking. It's about infidelity, baby. It's about um, infidelity. Before we jump into the lyrics to discuss that briefly, I know I've talked about this probably a hundred times on this podcast, but I found this song in like the golden era of like downloading shit off LimeWire. That's, so the only yeah. reason I know this is because it was erroneously marked as being by the police. It doesn't sound that it. much like the police. Like, there's definitely part of it where he sounds like Sting, but it's, mm-hmm. like, only the bridge, I think. Uh, yeah, well, it holds, like, real 80s rock, like, flavor to it and tone. And then, mm-hmm. like, there's a tinge of Sting, like you've said. So, like, I can see how a dipshit would be like, that's the police. <laughs> kind of sounds like Sting? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I I really don't think so. Listening to it now, but it's uh, which is not to say his vocals aren't great. I think they're fairly impressive. He does a but, good job. Uh, yeah. So it's just very very serendipitous that I stumbled upon this, and then of course like fourteen listening to this song about cheating on your partner. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> undercover. What could that mean? Yeah, stay the night but keep it undercover. Yeah, I thought it meant just like yeah, under the it's you know Two a meetings. lot of things just. Two meanings. Just go over your head when you're not paying attention. Let's start with these these lyrics. Um, a great intro on this. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know, I like my girls a little bit older. I do like that beginning, and I've always I always like uh, when 
songs will like say something indirectly like it's not even that indirect he says josie's on a vacation far away and like based on all the context you can figure out who josie is and what joseph Mm -hmm. being away is all about like it the song very clearly becomes about this infidelity because there's a significant other who who they're missing yeah and And their name is like, like you're right it's not like super subtle but as we'll yeah. see in one of the the later covers that uh alters the lyrics mm-hmm. you can be more direct about it as well yeah and like yeah it's just not saying like i have a girlfriend she's not here right now because she's away yeah oh yeah we don't know if josie is a girlfriend or uh, uh like a, a wife true so we don't know the true but we do know the significant the other is a question i guess and then with the the implication of you know I like my girls a little bit older, we know one that the uh, the woman he is singing this to is a bit older, but then we can also perhaps imply that Josie is not a bit older than him. Yes, and like that that's such a I don't know that that line doesn't I don't think have much bearing on the rest of the song. It's uh it's it's pure flavor I think maybe uh maybe a little bit I don't know yeah it's a uh, kind of a funny line though. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's very like, I guess, um, what's the word? I guess shallow, kind mm-hmm. of, maybe, maybe not. Um, and particularly followed up by so many things that I want to say. You're thinking like, oh, this is going to be some real, real deep shit. And the first yeah. thing that comes out of his mouth is like, I like older women. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. And then if you're confused about the first verse, you're like, uh, I, I don't really understand this song. Boom. Uh, we come to the chorus. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Yes. And it's sort of like two lines that are really describing this person's feeling. One, they don't want, like, like this is a temporary thing. They're just kind of using this to fill a, a emotional gap. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, kind of like, there's this feeling of attachment and and it is meaningful to them because they are feeling lonely. Yeah, and we get an impression later, I think when we get to the bridge, that at least this person he's singing to, there is some sort of longer relationship there, whether they were once in a relationship together or whether this, this infidelity has been going on for some time. Like, there is a history here. But that doesn't come up quite yet. When we come to verse two, um, he says, I ain't got many friends left to talk to. No one's around when I'm in trouble. You know, I do anything for you. Stay the night. Uh, uh, Genius says, we'll keep it undercover. I always thought it was, but keep it undercover. Same thing. Just one small different word. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, more more information about the sort of protagonist here. Um who again just reinforcing that they like they're feeling lonely and they don't have a person to confide in mm-hmm. even like in a friendly way so they're kind of reaching out in probably an unhealthy way to yeah to fill that need of now this is where a question's raised are we supposed to be sympathetic with the narrator here or are we supposed to see him as a bit of a sleaze ball uh, i always Always never love saying that. Um it's it's tough to say, I think, because I I I don't like to unless something's really explicit about it, 
like assign that kind of authorial intent. You know, mm-hmm. I know how I read this situation. And while the well, author can influence me that. that, I mean, I can very clearly see it as like mostly like someone trying to again fill a need some something that they let me try to say these words better again let me back up a couple words sure it's if they need someone to confide in they're trying to find someone to confide in when they're feeling down but they're just not handling it in in a healthy positive way right yeah so i wouldn't so whatever the author thinks I don't know, but I, right. I so personally you, you wouldn't look at it as a good thing or anything or right. saying that it's okay because of his... So much as he is somebody who is just not using the right outlets for the the problems he's facing emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was, that was the heart take. of the question. Okay. Um, yeah, so I ain't got many friends left to talk to. Uh, yeah, he's, he, I'm lonely. I have no one to talk to. You're really the only one around, and I'll do anything for you. I do think it's funny that he's like, I'll do anything for you, and then except, you know, have a public relationship with you. Stay the night, we'll keep it undercover. Yeah, he's still kind of, like, taking advantage of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because we don't know what the, the other person's situation is here, but we know for him there's obviously a need to keep it undercover because he is in a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, back to the chorus. And it's a pun because he's keeping it undercover because it's like... Because they're fucking. Because there's sex happening, which only happens underneath sheets. That's the only place yeah, it could possibly happen. <laughs> that's the law. Like you got to put sheets on top. Mm-hmm. Can't have that open air. It'll go bad. No, yeah, exactly. You're going to let all the sex out. Um, we that's come to just the bridge. A fart sound. Um, which, all right. Which, uh, which uh, maybe paints the situation a little more the way you're interpreting it. Uh, try to stop my hands from shaking. Something in my mind's not making sense. It's been a while since we've been all alone. I can't hide the way I'm feeling. Yeah, I um, I kind of yeah. interpret it as like some level of guilt if his hands are shaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and like yeah, he's... something in my mind's not making sense. Right there's a there's a feeling of conflict there. Yeah, his hands are shaking. And, and uh, I, I can't hide the way I'm feeling. Is that a boner, Alex? Is that a boner reference? <laughs> it could be. Talking about dick. Um, and then a, it says it's been a while since we've been all alone. Is that a reference to the two of them, like you said, potentially having a previous relationship? Mm-hmm. Like he's calling up his ex or whatever. Yeah, either he's calling up an ex or it has been some time since Josie's been away and he's been able to Right. You know. Yeah, that was this. the that was my other thought, is like he's used to being around Josie and then suddenly Josie's gone and he's like, What do I do? Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to function as an individual. Yeah. Now I forgot to actually mention this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josie's not a real person. Then none of this whole song is a fictional scenario. It's not based on any real people. Right. Uh, just worth noting. Apparently, uh, when people would ask Tony Lewis who Josie was, he would sometimes joke it was uh, uh, Josephine, uh, Napoleon's wife. Oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but not sure. the case. Just a. Just a strange British joke. <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> oh, not British enough to understand that joke. Yeah, and uh, but there is that air of like open-endedness to this song where we don't know who Josie is. We don't know who this person is. Yeah. And after this bridge, we don't even know if they've 
they've done the deed if they've had sex and, and he's successfully cheated on Josie. That's true. That's true. Because he says, as you leave me, please, would you close the door? And don't forget what I told you. Just because you're right, that don't mean I'm wrong. Another shoulder to cry on. So I did kind of think, it sounded to me like she sort of found out he was cheating and then left. Hmm. So you think it, the, it, it shifts perspective and he's now talking to Josie? Um, no, well, I, I think that whoever he's with, the other, the other person. Or, or f- but he opens by telling them that Josie's on a vacation far away. It's pretty yeah. clear, right? Yeah, that, that was my thought. Was like, this is the same night, and they, like, realize that Josie is someone who exists or something, or that he's still together with them. And then he's mm. kind of still trying to justify it to them, but they're leaving. That was mm. my thought. But I do think there is some ambiguity there because it could be Josie found out. But he's still... And then he says, just because you're right don't mean I'm wrong. He does seem to not quite think that his actions were incorrect. Mm -hmm. So he hasn't really learned anything in this song. But I guess that's how things go sometimes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I kind of read it as like um they they have uh, talked to him whether before or after you can't really say and they're like well this isn't yeah. like we either one we cannot go through with this or two we cannot continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Um cuz it's it's not fair to Josie and then he says don't forget what I told you. Some people think the line don't forget what I told you is in a reference to keeping it undercover. Like he's saying don't forget you don't don't fucking tell anybody about this. I I mean I went through all of this like I I didn't look it up all that much, but I did go mm-hmm. through all these thoughts. Like what what does he mean by "Don't forget what I told you"? Is it the line that comes right after? Because it doesn't seem to be the next line, like another shoulder to cry on. Like that doesn't yeah. seem to be related. So I, I feel like another shoulder to cry upon is related to his point. Yeah. So I'm I'm not wrong. I'm I'm seeking out more companionship for my misery. Another yeah. shoulder to cry upon. And like of the things that he's said, stay the night. We'll keep it undercover. Is kind of the other thing that would fit into that. Mm-hmm. And now this is when I wish I had the liner notes because on Genius it uses a, a colon on the line and don't forget what I told you, which implies that the following line is indeed what he is referring to. Right. Right, so it may or may not actually be that in the original mm-hmm. form. Hmm. I do love the line, just because you're right, that don't mean I'm wrong. Because it's, it's kind uh... of a good like, good vis- like view into what he's thinking. Yeah, sort of. and like in a philosophical manner, there are many uh, like, like, like scenarios in which I think you could rightfully say, like, uh, just because you're right, I'm not wrong. Yeah. But it... <laughs> And he, he kind of justifies it by sort of like the ends justify the means. He's like, I'm looking for another shoulder to cry upon. Just because you disagree with how I am seeking to cure my loneliness doesn't mean it's wrong for me to try and cure my loneliness. Yeah, he's just kind of misguided. Mm-hmm. And then that's like that's it for uh, like unique lyrics. After this, it's just uh, variations on the chorus. I just want to use your love. Yeah, I don't want to lose your love. We just get a lot of echoes. To a to a coward's fade out finish on the 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 actual track. It's true, and and there's in. a lot of outro, like a lot of this it's song insane. is outro. 
it's just about half the song. I was, <laughs> I was yeah. blown away, like, listening to it this week, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, when you hit the two-minute mark, the rest is the outro. You're like, what? Yeah. I, really? I, even songs I know, like, when that happens, I'm always surprised. So I'm like, I, I – because mm-hmm. you kind of almost stop paying attention in that second half. Um, like, you're, you you're, you're in into the song, usually. But you're not like that's just happening. So when when you look at the time and you're like, uh, really, there's that much song left? Like I don't remember there being this much outro. But obviously not for this but, one because I didn't yeah. know it ahead of time. Right, but yeah, like even listening to it casually, you're just like, yeah. And then they do the your love for probably like you know twenty thirty like, seconds. Maybe and once or twice. Out. I don't know. Once or twice, but, but no, it's a, it just it's keeps like going. A minute and a half. Yeah. Um. Alex, first question about this instrumentation. I'm only asking it because the the music video for this threw me for a loop. Did you hear any keys on this? Um, I think there's. Uh, I thought so because there is a good shot in the music video of like the um the keyboardist. keyboardist. He's got and two two big keyboards. He does kind of look like he's pretending to play. But he is playing two keyboards at once. Let me jump to that. And I thought there was some synthesizer. Yeah, if I, I, I might have heard like a light ambient synth, like a drone or something. But, uh, but yeah, even it, like it, if it, it goes to him and he kind of looks like he's trying to pretend to play the guitar part. Yeah. But like it's, it's... we made a uh, we did that music video that one time. Uh, yeah. For your was it a class? Yeah, it was for a class, and um, also just just for, you know, just to get the music out there, baby. And, like, it was very clear that I was not playing the, or not miming the keyboard part Yeah, you were, we, did, we didn't even try to sync up your keyboard solo. Like, I don't know if it's just because we were running short on time, or because we just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it, it's like that. More subtle, because for us it was, like, fast, fake solo, and, like, fairly slow playing in the actual music. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and the way he's playing, where he just, like, reaches out both ways and hits the the keys, makes it seem like he's just, like, fucking pretending, like, making it up. <laughs> yeah, and I was so confused, because, I like, looking up the outfield, I was like, okay, they're a three-man band. It's, uh, it's Tony Lewis on vocals and bass, uh, John Spinks on the guitar, and then I believe it's Alan Jackson, or Alan Jackman, where the fuck is his name here? Uh, 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 god damn it. Alan! Alan Jackman on drums. So yeah, like, I was like, okay, it's a power trio, and then you watch the music video, and there's, like, two or three other dudes there. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, they're, like, way in the background, though. But we'll get yeah. to the video. We'll get to we the video. We will get to the video. First, let's talk about this song, and that's, I was, I was just so confused about those keyboards, but you might be right that there is, like, some, like, embedded yeah, in there. I, I think there is, because there's a fair amount of, like, texture in this song, in terms of, yeah. like, like it's not, not like your well-separated instruments that are kind of all doing solo bits. There's a lot mm-hmm. of that things in the background and sort of yeah they do kind of make a almost a wall of sound like blended soundscape a lot of echo on this yeah definitely Um, has that like actually i thought it was interesting because you were saying in the introduction that they like were recommended to make it more of a hard rock thing but mm -hmm. honestly it i mean there's a version another version that's more like straight hard rock i think and i thought of this as more like a kind of post-punk thing like yeah. Post-punk well, kind they, of... I watched a video where Tony Lewis is talking with a guy about the song, 
and he sort of he talks about two influences instrumentally the who and the cars right i can see the cars and sort of just like like that rhythm guitar and even the drums and stuff it's all very it's simple but it's tight right and then from the who what at least what he said about it was he's like well we like to fucking hit the instruments and I think oh. you can really hear that in, in just how they're playing a bit. There's a little bit of more energy, a little bit more punching the guitars, hitting the drums pretty hard. So just energy in that sense. So I think that's how they interpreted hard rock. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's their interpretation of what that means without the um, sort of benefit of looking back on it from 2020 and seeing what it's like. <laughs> yeah because i mean this isn't fucking van halen by any means yeah so how does this song go um uh it starts out with that very like you like you said there's not a riff to this but i think the rhythm guitar is very catchy it draws you right in yeah it kind of has that and that yeah kind of like hitting on that first beat like you're saying like kind of digging in yeah and then you got a, a bass just kind of mirroring that or even just hitting the root notes under it. And then right off the bat, you get Tony Lewis coming in with a, a very, it's actually a very high voice. When you try to sing this, you, it's, you yeah, gotta it, go it up. Yeah, it is pretty high, yeah. Um, I also, they... says out of far away. Yeah, That's I know <laughs> there was some mention of uh, Steve Perry, mm-hmm. uh, who also can sing pretty high, so some of that. Yeah. And, and then, so that's sort of yeah. No, you go no, ahead. I was just gonna say I do like because the the drums do a lot of like bum, bum, like two hits for transitions. So that's mm, gonna happen. Yeah, a couple really. Times, but it does happen like right getting into that second verse because they do the first two verses kind of with I think just that rhythm guitar. Like are there drums so on the, the chorus? It's the it comes in on the second verse. We get the the drums yeah. that lead us in and start hitting. It's it's a rock beat, but like I mentioned yeah. before, they really punch like the the right notes. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the the first chorus and the first verse. Other, another point, I suppose, worth noting: a lot of songs we talk about do the double verse then a chorus structure. This is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, pretty much throughout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but like yeah, the is... the chorus is so short; it's like two mm-hmm. lines. So two lines. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's very quick. Um. So yeah, like you said, it is basically just guitar and vocals for the first bit. Then when the chorus hits for the two lines, we get the uh, the backing vocals in. Yeah, and which it's... if I'm interpreting genius right, it credits those sections to Tony Lewis and Tony Lewis with John Spinks. <laughs> so they're doing the backup <laughs> vocals together, and then he's doing the the lead kind of thing. Yeah, that's my understanding of it. And I oh, also I the way they do the vocals here is like pretty eighties, I think. Oh yeah, it's just like a lot of like vocal overdubs, and I don't know what else there is, but it it sounds eighties. Yeah, it it really this whole thing reeks of the era, but in a good way. If you ask me, I like this song. I think so, it's uh... pretty decent. Like it definitely became a hit for a reason. And yeah, like, they definitely put it in a bounce commercial for a reason. That's right, because people recognized it and loved it. They put it in a bounce commercial. They put it in Family Guy. They did a Saturday Night Live sketch. It's in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Like I mean, it's they've fucking made it, dude. Yeah, they're doing all right. Or at least did all right. Only Alan Jackman remains, and who knows what he's up to. That's true. But so, yeah, so we we get the energy in with those drums, the two hits, and then they they come in with the rock beat. Mm-hmm. And like that's kind of what gets added. Like it's that. 
Yeah, because the rhythm guitar stays the same. Yeah. And then it once we get to the chorus, we get more uh, a, a sort of louder soundscape. The guitar starts ringing out a little. Yeah, it like holds those chords. And then kind of does like a picking thing. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of that sound. Um, and then, yeah, that's really it. It's like the big chord and then it'll pick a bit and then do big chord and then pick a bit. Um, yeah. And then there is a guitar solo. Yeah, which leads us into the to the next verse. It calls it a bridge on Genius, which I, I guess because bridge, some of the instruments distinct. play differently. Um, it's kind of it's kind of different too because that's his like thinking to himself part lyrically. Yeah, yeah, I do take that as an internal monologue. I don't think he's saying that to the yeah. person. Um, and he can't hide it. Um, the other thing about the bridge, that's I think where he sounds the most like Sting. Yeah, hundred percent. That is the sting sounding part. Yeah. Um, the instrumentation doesn't change like a ton. Yeah, it's similar to the chorus, with the guitar moved back a little. It's not quite as loud, but it's doing some of that arpeggio work. Yeah, yeah, and like, and I think the the vocals are layered a little more heavily. Yeah. And maybe that's what makes him sound more like Sting. But he's apparently also trying to sound like Sting, so obviously there's that. Yeah. And... Oh, man. And then, like, that's... Oh, yeah, there is another verse. Right. Then they do their, like, breakdown verse. Yeah, and the drums do uh, a lot more on this verse, which, again, they're not... I mean, they're not going wild, but they're doing a little more tom work and doing some big, heavy rolls on that, too. Yeah, like, the the bass is kind of the, like... (laughs) kind of sound um yeah. and a lot of the versions use that um mm-hmm. which i guess is not that unusual but it's not it's pretty common to change that sort of stuff i think in covers not always but it's co- common enough but that seems to be like distinctive enough that a lot of them use it maybe it's just yeah. ones we picked But yeah, besides the drums on that, like you said, it's very much it's steady and and sort of the same. They found a reliable rhythm, and they're like, "We're gonna fucking do that." <laughs> yeah, stick with it. And then we build up into the uh, into what you know the the one and a half minute finale, the the chorus ride out. Yeah, there's kind of two sections to it as well, and it does show that in the in the lyrics because really they do a chorus. Hmm. Um. Which, I mean, at first is very similar to the, like, broken down verse. And then they bring it back up. Yeah. You can hear the the drum roll at, like, 227 combined with a a held note on Tonight from uh, Tony Lewis. And that brings us into the second segment or the outro. Yeah, the kind of outro. And then he starts just, like, holding everything. He sings, I mean... He's just holding like words, like he's saying yeah, words he'll, and like, like kind of ad libbing a bit. And then he'll hold love, yeah. And then That's there's a big ad lib. There's also the backup vocals, and they're like you lose your love. Like yeah, it's the classic technique where you have the backup vocals hold it down so the lead vocalist can go buck like, wild. Do whatever. There's yeah. also a new guitar part here though. Yeah. It's going, it's playing perhaps the most actively it's played besides the solo, but it's like way high up. 
That's kind of the most like riff that the song has, really. Yeah. Maybe that's what makes the the end so like fine that it is so long is that we're provided with a riff. Yeah, because even though there's no new word like lyrics, if there's still mm-hmm. a new thing. Interesting. I wonder what it would be like if you cut the outro entirely and then tried to base the song around that riff. Yeah. And that would be more like a hard rock thing, I think. Yeah, I that think you be might be right there, Alex. Something worth investigating. Yeah. Um, and then cowards fade out on this. Yep. They just fade out, and that's kind of. I mean, like, I mean, the outro's so long. At some point, it just starts to turn the volume down. Like they were just doing their thing, <laughs> and then someone's like, "Fuck, dude, we gotta go home. Uh, we gotta, we gotta cut this out." Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I I all I do wonder what was left on the uh the editing room floor there. But at the same time, like I don't know how else you would end this song. Do you do like Lose your love? Da-da-da-da, and then like end it. <laughs> your love. Bip-bip. And then she's like <laughs> yeah, there is uh, something about it fading out like this that seems thematically appropriate, yeah, I, right? It's yeah, almost like you're, it's like the you're camera leaving. pulling out, you know? Like we're we've yeah. got this view of the thing. And we we talk about these out outros a lot obviously and sometimes they fade out and we generally don't like fade outs and like they're usually fine like it's not actually that big a deal we talk about oh yeah them, it's not the end of the world like like why the fuck would you do that but like it's just another way of ending a song it's it's just weird because i always think of it in terms of a live performance and you're like you don't really fade out live or you can but it's not ideal i guess yeah. you usually just like go into the next song so maybe that's the idea but then if it's on a record, you could just go into the next song too. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or well, maybe... Yeah, sometimes you get that on songs where the, the, the start of the next song will actually be on the back end of the song you're yeah. currently on. Which is great when songs lead into yeah. each other, in my opinion. Uh, also kind of annoying. <laughs> Cause yeah, you, if you're like just going you're for just a singles like listen. And you're like, wait, where's the beginning of the song? <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? Um, there's like... I I have two versions of um, Queen Two, one like two different remasters, and uh, one of them, I think Nevermore, the song Nevermore, like a fair amount of yes. the like beginning piano part is in the previous track, and it's just like not there there if you just listen to the, the song itself. That's right, I've had that happen. But a there's lot of times yeah, and there's two album. versions, and the the way the place they cut it off is like totally different. It's like a second different. Weird. It's weird. Yeah, buddy. Anyway, yeah, and I guess I think we've talked about this before, but it's probably for crossfading on the radio. Yeah, it probably makes things <laughs> easier. But uh, I can see this being on your nonstop rock hour or whatever. Nonstop rock just... hour. Just your love by the outfield for one hour. <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> Coming at your ear holes. Just come strong at your ear holes. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like it's a very '80s song, and obviously they're kind of a one-hit wonder, as far as I know. Um, but like, yeah, it's, and their it's, their one hit was number six. So like, in terms of being a hit, hit, like yeah. it wasn't quite at like, the top. Top ten, but yeah, top ten, and it it stuck around. So it's yeah. you know, and uh, and yeah, I think it's a, it's a decent like '80s song. Hmm. Um, the a video I watched on this by a guy, I think he's called, he's either Professor of Rock or Professor Rock, noted that, like, every decade seems to have a song about cheating. 
Um, some of the ones he listed were Your Cheating Heart and I believe The 50s by Hank Williams Jr. Um, the 60s was I Heard It Through the Grapevine. Oh. Uh, yeah, 80s was this one he said. 90s was Creep, but not by Radiohead by TLC. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, like the cheating anthem of the 80s, I guess. But like also, I mean, another song that I think came out in the same year is One Night Love Affair by... Uh, Brian Adams and like it's kind of similar I guess it's not exactly the same but they're both about I think it's about cheating I mean it's an affair right it's gotta be yeah but I I guess you can have an affair without it technically being is it still an affair if you're if it's like is that another way of just saying a one night stand in some like um, I mean, it's a slang? it's a more like uh, leading to a, a a regular definition of the world word where it's an event or sequence of events of a specified kind, just like a thing or that, that has happened. previously been referred to. Just, yeah, like a thing. <laughs> like it was love related and it happened. Yeah, C- cool, it Brian Adams. Me of you know the song uh, "Heat of the Moment." I was just listening to that this week, and the line I couldn't help but laugh at still is uh, "Incidents arose from circumstance." Oh yeah, a thing happened because another <laughs> thing happened. <laughs> Um, so it could be used in that sense where love affair is just like it was a it was a love event. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at the lyrics of One Night Love Affair, and like, it doesn't really say we were both already in relationships or something like that. Um, right. Other than that, it calls it an affair. Might imply that there is a line that says we were both reaching out for something, which is one a pun, but also. <laughs> Probably the closest it gets thematically to your love, where it's like we were both trying to, you know, looking for something to f- fulfill ourselves, and maybe it yeah. wasn't this. Maybe right. Where in that one, it's not explicit yeah, what it's it just is. Like one in, line in this one, it's a little it. more. Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia summarizes "One Night Love Affair" as a song about a one night stand. The lyrics describe the encounter and the subsequent parting of ways of the protagonists, who the song suggests are concealing deeper feelings. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so I guess it's not that much like this, but for so- I thought of it because I listened to the song and was like, so it's about a one night love affair and then realized they came out like really close together. Right. It also makes me think of Jesse's girl. One, because it mentions a person with the name Josie that starts with a J and ends with an E and just yeah, and yeah like C. love that either cannot or should not be. So like, I don't know. Yeah. And released in the 80s, like very similar in some ways. Yeah, and kind of have a similar sound, too. I did think of Jesse's Girl. Mm-hmm. Another, like, simple rhythm. Yeah. And, and then you just build on that. And both are not played on the guitar by Rick Springfield, so... <laughs> so there you go. Pretty much the same. <laughs> Let's talk about the music video, though, which is directed by a man named John Jobson. John Jobson. Yeah, this is mostly a performance music video in that they're playing their instruments and and I have a happen, quote on that, but not entirely. It's kind of um, a, so the, an odd one. So you tell me the quote. Sorry, let me tell you the quote. The band's manager, whose name is Kip Crones. There's a wait. These, sorry, what was the director's name? The John Jobson. John Jobson. <laughs> these sound like fake people. <laughs> they sound like the fakest. Names. They just made these people. All right, what did this fake person say? Uh, <laughs> He said, we didn't want a situation where they had to be actors or something that wasn't what they are, said the band's manager. Right. And then uh, Tony Lewis in that interview I watched was like, well, John talked to me and he was like, he, I don't really understand this whole music television thing. I thought we could just play music. And he's like, yeah, we're just going to do that, basically. <laughs> like, so so you, you, you do a video for audio? 
I don't He's understand. Like, it's, a, it's an audio experience. <laughs> Uh, so what we yeah, see, yeah. this is a, almost like a meta music video in which the music video is the filming of the music video. Yeah, like you see the, like they, they show up at the studio at the start of it. Mm-hmm. And the one guy, there's a guy, oh, is that the keyboard player just in the sunglasses? Yeah, the guy who looks like, uh, he looks like, if you remember the bit character on Community, uh, like Professor Kugler. Who's just like? No, yes, Kugler. He's, he's actually. He appears in like two episodes. Yeah, he's in two episodes, and he's played by. Oh fuck! It's like a. He's an actual like producer or something. I forget uh, what his he, name is. He's like the guy who wrote and created Arrested Development. Mitchell D. Hurwitz. Yeah, it's Mitch Hurwitz of yeah. Arrested Development fame. Yeah, so he looks like Mitchell Hurwitz to me. Playing yeah, the role he, do, of, he does of look of like Mitch Hurwitz. <laughs> um, fucking Kugler. <laughs> so yeah they all walk in um tony lewis walks by this painter girl who plays uh, a significant role in in the music video if anyone like, is said to play a significant role in this music video, <laughs> and what little plot there is and they like make eyes at each other yeah and it's like um it's so red this is like yeah. a red light everything's red does yeah, that mean yeah. something? Um, I don't know. It's like noting. It's like the camera goes like looks at a mirror at the beginning. Does it mean something? I don't know. I don't know. But what Tony Lewis pointed out in this interview is that between the shot of him walking by the painter girl and the first shot of him singing, his hair has been cut. <laughs> he has shorter hair. <laughs> I did not hair. notice. <laughs> Nor did I. But yeah, the it's like I... shoulder length in the first one. And yeah. then in the second one, oh no, it still goes down. It's kind of a not quite a mullet, but it, but, but it is like trimmed in. It's just yeah. a little less out there. Hmm. I so guess if it was your own hair, you'd notice. Uh, the other so thing is, I... he's got like yeah. a Tears for Fears earring. He looks like Tears. Yeah. for Yeah, hundred percent. Um, this this uh, there's a tweet that I always remember, which is just a picture of this of like his face singing here in this video, and just the 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 caption was that face when Josie's on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see I that tweet, see and if time. I had seen it, I would not have gotten it. <laughs> I think that's my favorite like subgenre of tweets is just like obscure jokes really about specific things, rock songs. Yeah, like really, really specific things that like use existing memes and like references yeah. to fairly obscure. Like this isn't really obscure. It's only obscure because it's old. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. also like not. Like I don't. If you ask somebody, like list songs from the eighties, list like ten songs. This one probably wouldn't come up for a no, lot of people. Yeah, this in your would top like 10. maybe maybe hit top fifty, like for some people. And yeah, like, but there's there's definitely fifty songs from the eighties I'd remember before this one. <laughs> I mean, right now, if you ask me, this would be number one. But I'm I'm yeah. talking about it. We're we're primed on this. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and and then it's it shows the the band performing the song like as if it's a video, and this area is like huge. Mm -hmm. it's, a it's a massive stage. soundstage, and like the the drums and keyboards are in the background. Yeah. Um. So I guess so the th so the two guitar players and the the bass player they're like the band, like the trio, and then everyone else is kind of extra. Is that true? Uh, no, it's the the drummer. Oh, the um, drummer. I guess the you need guitarist. a drummer. Yeah, because uh, Tony Lewis does vocals and bass, so... Right. And I'm assuming the guitar player that is the, like, band member is the one who walks over and, like, makes eyes at the girl. 
Yeah, he checks over her painting. So there's a woman painting while they're... Uh, finger painting. Yeah, finger painting. It and must need to be said. Yeah, the real gimmick of this video is that we'll get shots of her where the, the camera's obscured by paint while she's finger painting, <laughs> yeah, and then we he, get shots you of get paint like, getting smeared over the camera. Yeah, smears of paint, and like it'll drip down on the camera. Mm -hmm. Effects. Also, yeah, she's she, painting on like mm -hmm. glass. Because yeah. you can see through it. That's, yeah, I don't know how well that works. She ends up painting what is essentially the album cover for Play Deep. Is it the album cover um, for Play Deep? Because it looks kind of like the album cover for iRobot. Okay, well, I, I believe it's based on the album cover for Play Deep. I, I, it does look like that, yeah. They, um, what I really love is the, uh, the wipe at about a minute in, where he, he gets painted in, and these little paint swipes go in, and then it's, it's not about, hang on, it's about a minute and five. You gotta, you gotta paint it in close-up of him. It's like the epitome of transitions. Sorry, I'm looking for who did the art for for Play Deep. For Play Deep. Who who painted that? It was me, Alex. It was me all along. Man, the pro the producer on the album? Mm-hmm. William Whitman. Yeah, Bill Whitman, who also produced for Cindy Lauper. Just saying, there's a lot of fake names. Yeah, it's it's the comic book central over here, man. <laughs> Um, I can't find a credit for the art. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it either. Okay, then it's definitely not hypnosis. Okay, because that's well, who I'll did take your word for that's it. who did the art for iRobot by the Alan Parsons Project. Okay, they did a lot of album artwork. They sure did. Anyway, um. Back to the video. Is there anything else about the video? I guess so. They like it's keep performing. Paint, baby. They paint, and then it w and then it shows the. She like picks up the paint. Ting, that she did. Yeah. Uh, but like she doesn't use her fingertips because that's where the paint is. Um. And she like leaves. Yeah. So about that last shot, they apparently started recording this at about like six p.m. And that shot at the end is actually from when they finished at about six in the morning. So she just like left. Yeah. So what is this that. place that they're like, we're recording here? She's just over there. She's going to be painting yeah, on like, glass. Like, were they just where trying is to give this? the impression that when you, a musician, go to record, that you need a, <laughs> like a finger paint artist on board yeah. to it's, like, it's just, document the experience? It's, it's not a soundstage. It's just a place where people do art. It's like. Like, I don't know, like a warehouse, like, like one of Andy Warhol's like art places. Did yeah. I feel like he, that is something that exists. It seems like something you do because it is massive in there. Yeah. But then everybody except her, but also her is here for the, the band to record their song. Yeah. Maybe she's just like looking for experience for, for, um, influence. She's like trying to get. Inspi inspiration sorry that's the word i'm looking for for the right. so they're like you're gonna paint the album art but you're gonna do it while we play the song while we play the song so you got about three minutes give or take <laughs> and she's like all right i got my glass pain and my fingers so i'm good. i just love the shots of the keyboardist here though yeah because <laughs> he's got these big ass sunglasses on so he just looks like he's having the time of his life and is either blind or super baked. <laughs> yeah, and he looks like and he looks like Mitch Hurwitz. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah. It it looks like a joke. Yeah. He's like got a jacket that's kind of too big in like an 80s way, like they did it on purpose. Yeah. Like the arms are just really big. Anyway, that's the music video. That's the music. It's just like a, a standard band performance, but with some some computer generated paint features thrown in. Yeah, and they pull the camera back so you can see like other equipment and things. So it, you know, it's obvious that it's a filming place where they're filming something. Yeah. So sometimes you get shots of people on like camera rigs and stuff moving around. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh like as far as like just a band performing videos go, like. I appreciate that they tried a few different tricks on this. Yeah, it's like, it goes a little meta. And then yeah. there's this, like, it's not even really a love story. There's just a woman painting. Yeah. And, like, one dude kind of makes eyes at her, and she, like, bashfully smiles and, like, rolls mm-hmm. her eyes. And, like, yeah, that's, that's it. about it. There's no story, really. No, there really isn't. But, yeah, that's how it goes, man. But it, yeah, it's, it sticks with me because it is... Just one of those videos that is like a half effort put in to be something else. Um, speaking of making half an effort, should we start talking about covers? Uh, yes, we should. And the first one, I mean, you've heard of Jake, but less than Jake in 1997. <laughs> I have now. You have now. They are a American ska punk band from Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville. Uh, who I'm familiar with in name, but not with any of their work. You got any anything on these guys, Alex? Uh, I just looked them up, and they had a bunch of like Grease covers, like from the Grease soundtrack. Huh. That's the only thing I know about them, other than this song, which is pretty fast. Yes, it's one of those very efficient punk covers where it's a minute and a half. Yeah, where they're like, what if we do this punk rock beat, which one day I'll figure out what it's called, um, and then play guitars fast and sing the song fast. And they do. They do that. And they do. Yeah, it's, it's high energy. It, uh, it just fucking rips. So you, it's a very fast guitar, very fast drums. And then, interestingly enough, you can really actually hear the bass cutting through pretty smooth, and it's pretty active as well. Yes, there's That's a, really, a yeah. lot of bass. There's so much bass. The bass is just going the whole time. Yeah, and unlike that's what really differentiates it for me as ska punk is that the bass does more than just like mashing root notes real hard. <laughs> right, it's doing some some real like walking around work, which seems to be a, a signature of ska punk. Yeah, and this doesn't sound super ska. It's not like they have horns on this or anything. It's definitely mm-hmm. like punk or pop punk. Yeah. Um, from that era. But yeah, it's like very, very based around speed. Um, but they do like a lot of similar things. Like the beginning is like him singing and like it's just guitar. And then they come in with the drums, which are, are going very fast and bass yeah. as well. Um, but other than, and they do the like punk backup vocals where like they're not really harmonizing, but they're kind of harmonizing, you know? It's more just like shouting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Once. it's like it's the punk rock toolbox um, mm-hmm. applied. And just given the sort of the scummy nature of these lyrics that they are about cheating, it makes a great fit for some dirty punk. Sort of like, fits. Make it feel make it feel hard. sleazy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, they do a 
a fast job of it. Yeah. Definitely. It's I wonder how many because we've seen a few covers like these. I remember doing uh Total Eclipse of the Heart where there was a punk version that was like not even two minutes, I think, and we gave it the best right. of all of the covers. I wonder how many popular songs you could fucking mash in that are that have like under two minute punk cover versions. That'd be like Probably how you lots. would if if you ever met a real life Encino man, you could update them on all of pop culture in like ten minutes by playing just short punk just covers. Just playing punk rock versus like, all right, for but you really got to pay attention to these to these lyrics, man. <laughs> Let's teach you English first, maybe. <laughs> no, gonna do it the the old fashioned way. Give them punk rock covers. Yeah, nothing else to really say about this one. Short, fun. I liked it. Yeah, uh, definitely like cuts out a lot of the outro. Um, well, it's like a little bit less than a minute and a half. So, which is kind of like the original song kind of finishes its verses at that point. Right. So, yeah, but they do the whole thing and then they do some outro and then just like fade out on distortion, like feedback instead of, um, or maybe not feedback. Well, yeah, just like a ringing out where you let let the last note just echo instead of like a full, just fade out yeah it's like a it's like the organic version of a coward's fade out yeah it's kind of i guess the other part of it is like it feels like a breath like you're going 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 and then like you have a second at the end of the song no matter what's happening next you have a second right okay it's over yeah you're like okay i can i can recompose myself get ready for whatever's next and then maybe you're jumping right back into some punk rock whatever but like this is over yeah, you know, but we're not going to be jumping back into punk nope. rock. We're going to be jumping in to Hirsch Gardner in Hirsch 2003. This is the, like, hard rock version. Yeah. Uh, also, Hirsch Gardner. It... Apparently yeah. from a band called New England, what that I'm not familiar with. Not, but they uh, I guess opened for Kiss, ACDC, and Journey back in their heyday. So they like have th- there was a live version of this one that I found on YouTube, um, where it's like Hirsch Gardner and some other dude just at like kind of a small, very small event of some kind. It looks just like a bar, right? So like he's not huge, is what I'm saying. No, he's a real yeah. like uh, a working man, hard rock musician. Um, kind, of, I think similar to the lines of Jakey e. Lee, except I don't think he ever got as big of a break as he did. Right, right, yeah. Well, this is. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a good job. Anyway, going back to the description. Um, yeah, I mean, here's what I've got for his voice. I think he's got that that heavy metal ballad voice down, like really good. Yeah. I don't think the instruments on this back him up as well as they could in that uh, in that genre. They don't really play to it as well as they could. I think like in the beginning, I think it, st- it starts off strong. Yeah, the arpeggio guitar. Yeah, is a, it's a tight start. And then like it's kind of got this like regretful sound with the arpeggios mm-hmm. and the way he sings it. And it's very like set up to be this power ballad. Yeah. Do, yeah, I I agree it doesn't necessarily pay off, but it does kind of stick in the like hard rock vein. Mhm. He does like he gets like you say that intro is a pure heavy metal ballad like it's done exactly right. 
but then what comes after it is just a sort of like a version that for me doesn't even hit as hard as the original when we come into the second verse. Yeah, because like it the, kind of it, it the... changes to these like power chords that is mm-hmm. kind of strumming along, and I guess I don't didn't really make a value judgment on that, but it does do that. Yeah, and the like the there are drums in here. They're basically rock drums like the original, but there's no like big heavy beats like the original focuses on giving us like the one and the three really hard right i thought that the guitar at least was like kind of doing it it's like first because it is like kind of so like the first one is i thought was like digging in pretty heavy uh yeah at the very least but i don't know it does get some of that but i feel like maybe it's also just mixed a little quieter or a little more compressed or something, it doesn't Maybe. seem to give the same impact. Maybe. There's also a weird sound here um, for the second verse. It's yes. like this like muted guitar playing, but like they let it ring out sometimes. I thought it was a synth at first. I think it's a guitar, though. Okay. Where it's like kind of playing this, like... It's kind of hard to hear, too. Like, it's really in the background. And there's times where you hear this, like, kind of. Oh, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, I think it's a guitar. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that is, like, a later on, just plucked. Later on, it sounds more like a guitar. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of weird. <laughs> kind of weird at this part. Just, yeah. like, very kind of kind of bright and buzzy. And then another thing that I think might be playing against it is the original relies pretty heavily on uh, echo to fill the space. Like, both on the guitar and the vocals, there's a bit of echo that lets things linger a little. But this one doesn't have that. I guess it's more of that, like, hard rock raw thing, but... Mm Mm-hmm. But then they commit to these, uh, you know, these layered vocals. True, yeah. Which doesn't quite read as raw hard rock to me. I guess so. Yeah, and it's more of that like eighties power ballad thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. Uh but they get into the guitar solo like right at the same time as the other one. It's a very close yeah. or is the original. It's very close to the original structurally. Yeah, it's a three second difference in timing. This yeah. one's three seconds shorter. So And uh So they get into that guitar solo. Um and there's Oh, sorry, I was trying to read my notes. I have a typo. Um, it has, I think that, that that muted guitar, it's not muted anymore, but like this is where you can hear it's actually a guitar. Right. Yeah, yeah, I can hear it a little better. There's. Yeah, but it's still kind of in the background. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the solo's like not that big a part of this song. But no, it, does, it, really it is, isn't. does play the same solo. Yeah, it, it is the same, isn't it? And, um, uh, yeah, it yeah. just sort of fell flat for me overall, and I, I think that's too bad, because I think it had a good start. Yeah, because, like, the rest of it is, like, really very similar. Mm-hmm. And, like, even, like, similar backups on the outro, and, like, they do a fade-out. So, like, really, very close. Yeah, and it's just, like, we're talking, this was released 2003, so this is, you know, over, like, 15 years since the original came out. Mm-hmm. And less than Jake managed to do more in uh, under half the time. Definitely make it feel different. Yeah. But this one had potential. It did have potential. Let's talk about other things that have potential, like the Butchies in 2004. Josie's on a fan. 
Butchies are an all-female punk band from Durham, North Carolina. Durham, North Carolina, described as queercore, which is not a genre I'm terribly familiar with. Yeah, I wonder if it's if you could even call it a genre. I don't think it would right. necessarily have musical language that is specific to it, but in terms of what it's focused on, is like queer and lesbian like, themes. Okay, so not not just who is playing the music, but what they're singing about. Yeah, that would be my understanding of it. All right. Yeah, and that's. I mean, maybe core because it's hardcore. Because besides, like this song, I had to listen to some other ones to get an idea of it. Because this is actually very soft, but a lot of their other stuff is very high energy punk. That makes sense. I I I would be surprised if a band had all their songs sounding like this and were described as punk. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but maybe it's possible. I can tell you, it's impossible. No, so we got, this one leans into the bedroom vibe, and we got some soft whisper vocals on this. Yes, very close mic, very, like, gentle, quiet. Yeah. Um, And the guitars, it's very slow as well. The guitar's kind of, like, playing this, like, it's like a slow kind of arpeggio thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And everything just starts out similar to the original. It does the... And then oh, as yeah, we get does. to the chorus, it does change to that arpeggio pattern. Yeah, and that guitar, well, it reminds me of um, the Tragically Hip, actually, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there are parts of this song that sound a bit country, particularly because of the guitar, which I think is kind of amusing. Right, yeah, that is, uh, it, yeah, it is hitting that slow country vibe just with, without any intentional twang on it, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's mostly just that guitar sound. Mm-hmm. And some kind of similar to um shit like the Breeders, uh, driving on nine kind of has a bit of country to it, but it is from a more punk background. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And there is like a. It almost sounds like a toy piano on this. I think in it's the chorus. An, an electric piano, but I mean, probably. Yeah, but it, you could create very that sound gentle. Yeah. yeah. It's and, like do 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 and for the most part, they keep it very gentle. Yeah, it's just like playing, playing some notes. Just kind of yeah. letting them ring. Because, yeah, we, we go from that, we hit the chorus, and then similar to the original, drums come in on the second verse, but the drums on this are very soft. It's like two loud notes, but it's, it's all very much in this, this down-tempo vibe. Yeah, and like they bring in some backup vocals, but they're all whispery too. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's quiet. This is the part that I really noticed, like the country. Uh, which part is this? I think this. Which verse? Is it the bridge? Yeah, yeah they go into like the bridge there. Where they... Right, where that E piano is hitting the guitar solo part, yeah. and then the guitar is doing those uh, those chords. Yes. That, this part made me think of country music the most. Okay. I think. I can see it a bit. And then the bass is quite plodding. It's not, uh, it's not doing anything beyond that, which you can find in a lot of country music. Mm-hmm. And then we do get a bridge, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And like, what else? What else is going on here? I guess the other thing is during the next verse, there's like this this whining sound that comes in, like feedback. Yeah, that like feedback signal that like starts out strong and then decays. So I guess that's that's your punk. Got to get some feedback. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let you know we still got we still got some some thorns here, even though we're we're playing it nice and soft. Mm-hmm. And like that's the rest kind of continues the way the previous part was. Mm-hmm. Like that that kind of that guitar tone and like that EP keeps going, and yeah, and they they don't yeah. do all the like layered for the outro like different parts and ad libbing or stuff. They just kind of all sing the same thing together. Yeah, they keep it pretty low um and then they actually they do do the first verse again yes they loop it and i always Mm -hmm. i mean with this kind of a song i would always think oh that means like the cycle's not broken like they're just gonna do it again oh because i mean the song kind of even implies that says like i i'm not he says we said we we discussed before they don't learn anything so it's not a huge surprise they would try again yeah Mm mm-hmm and then, yeah, I guess playing into them being uh, queer core, they don't change the genders on this. We'll come to a later version that does, but it's uh, she still sings about liking liking girls a little bit older, and then obviously her partner is Josie. So, boom, yeah. queer core, baby. There it is. Uh, yeah, that's that version. Like it's it's slow. I didn't think it was like boring or anything. It's a bit longer, but like. It kind of does its own thing, and for me, injected a little bit of a different sound that I thought was all right, kind of that country feel. Yeah. Which I I, 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 I always think the relationship between country music and like punk rock is kind of fascinating because it exists. <laughs> like, I don't know. When I was growing up, I was always like, "No, country music sucks. Rock and right. roll is the cool thing." But like. The artists are like, no, we like all this music and these are our influences. So Yeah, and they and like country and me. like folk and DIY in particular, like I I mean, yeah, I just gave my point away, but they all have that folk, punk, and country have a lot of DIY roots, like low low end, like music of the people kind of origins. Right, yeah. I guess that's what why it's called folk music. Like Yeah. It's music of the folk. That's right, baby. Um. Yeah, this one was interesting, and I, I'm still, I still haven't quite processed how it, it affects the lyrical content. Uh, with this, with this more sadder thing, does it, does it cause us to, uh, you know, sympathize with the, uh, narrator a little more? And then does, is that why they include the first verse again, like you said, to suggest, oh, well, you, you've been duped. The pattern is still happening. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing has changed. Um. Hmm. I don't know. It's definitely kind of more somber in that way. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily has a totally different take on the story. But yeah, yeah, maybe their reaction. Yeah, the the music is just a little closer to the story because it's kind of a sad story. Yeah, it is. It's it's yeah. <laughs> when you look at it, it's it like is, a depressed it's person who's reaching out in unhealthy ways. So. Yeah. And this is, uh, like, in terms of instrumentation, I would expect these whispery vocals accompanied exclusively by piano and nothing else. And I think they've done a much more interesting soundscape. 
Definitely. As far as slow versions go, having more than just the piano or guitar, thumbs up from me. Thumbs up. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Um, with that, we're going to move into 2005 to talk about Nose 4. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. And so many things that I don't want to say. No, I like my boys. Nose 4. From, from Brazil. Brazil. From per- Pernambuco? Yeah, I state, suppose. I had to, in Brazil. <laughs> did you look at their MySpace page? Um, I translated their description from their Facebook page. Oh, good call. I No, I looked at their MySpace page, which is st- still up in their top results, and I translated that. Um, Does it say name we four by four. fans? And us four is a ball show band with an excellent repertoire. Musically speaking, Ooh. the best of Pernambuco. I love this band. Congratulations to Banda Nos Four. I met these excellent musicians through a friend of mine from PE. Don't really know what that means. Um, yeah. And from Visit. then on, I became a Bahian fan of this band. I started to see Lahaim. that it was that it really was all true that. My friend was saying that the songs your repertoire are great. I feel like these are reviews and it just mashed them together because the way I copied it. Like these are different uh, reviews. Anyway, that make sense. they're from Brazil and they have an excellent repertoire. That's what I get out of it. All right. Um, this is acoustic time, baby. Oh yeah, coming on that acoustic guitar, strumming in this. And there's a, there's two guitars. There's yeah, a strumming so guitar and an arpeggio guitar. That's right. So we've taken the original and the Hirsch Gardner version and kind of combined them. Mashed them together. Um, and then another guitar that comes in once the singing starts. Yeah. Three guitars. Kind of. Beep, beep, uh, beep, doo. Oh, yeah. Like. Doo, doo. I don't know if that's a different guitar, actually. It might be. It I might think not it is. be. If it was Lindsey Buckingham on the track, this would all be one so guitar. It would all but... be just him. <laughs> um, yeah, it's that one that does the two high notes that comes in with the. Yeah. Doo, doo. Yeah. Um, interesting thing on this is the backup vocals do uh they don't go simultaneously on this all the time. Sometimes they follow up. Ah switching it up a little bit. Yeah. So if you want an example of that like at thirty seven seconds. But then on the following one they, they synchronize on tonight. So it's sort of like you know, sometimes we do one, sometimes we do the other. Yeah, they're kind of um, like thing. trading back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we get the same thing as the original drums come in on the second verse. We also get an organ that comes in. Yeah, that's the uh, the vibe I got from this song. I mean, not just from reading this description, this poorly translated description, but like they're mm-hmm. very much like a like a working band, like they're a live act. Um, right. And I, I kind of got the vibe from this recording. It's not like it's not like a Flaming Lips thing where they're like. The recording studio is our instrument. Like, they're just recording their song. Right, they're just this laying song. this down, so yeah. if you've gone to a live show where they played this, you can have something. Yeah, they'll sell their CD at their shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know how big they are. I'm just making a lot of assumptions. Right, fair enough. I'm I'm looking at my notes here, and they're, sh- they're short, and perhaps not shockingly so. Um, I've True. got that the guitar does some diddle-doos before they get into the chorus the second time. What that means, baby? Probably it makes a little noise. Yeah, it's probably like a little a little lick before the chorus. Yeah, but yeah, I bridge agree. is the same. 
Like it's all acoustic. Yeah, there's not a ton to say, but like, yeah, the there's like an acoustic guitar now. There's less of that like distortion and echo. It's a little more straight in terms of that, um, and it's like it's kind of their style. Well, not like I wouldn't call it like super unique or anything. It's a decent sound, and they kind of perform the song in that in that uh, fashion. Um, one thing I was a little surprised was going into this knowing they are a Brazilian group uh, that mm-hmm. I didn't actually have to say that whole time there's bossa nova influence. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're kind of just like a, I don't know. I guess I would probably, if I just heard them, it would be like, I would describe them as indie rock or something like that. Something yeah. fairly generic. Because yeah, there's not even like a heavy accent here. I mean, you can pick up on it a couple times, but yeah. Yeah, given the composition and like the style of everything, yeah, I would be like, oh yeah, they're just some. They're probably from fucking Southern California or some Wisconsin. shit. Wisconsin. Hmm. Yeah, they're from, they're from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> they could be from anywhere in the states, too. and I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the other. Thing, they're not. They're from Brazil. Yeah, they're from Pernambuco. I'm probably not saying that right. Um, last thing, they do like a really strong resolution at the end of the song mm. like they do like like if you go to i said 314 then you can hear they do like like they don't fade out they do chords and then like end on a very resolved chord oh yeah and doing some cymbal crashes too to kind of slow mm-hmm. the train down like that kind of yeah thing. and then that organ sort of mm-hmm. holds the drone until it mm-hmm. just stops which is also a bit country, I yeah. thought, or like folk. Sure, I'll give it to you. But yeah, but it's time to move away from country and folk and talk about Definitely. pop sensation Katy Perry in two thousand seven. I know you know my boyfriend is out of town, so have a drink. Let's talk it over. So many things I shouldn't be saying. Yes, this is popular music artist Katy Perry. She, um, 2007 so, yeah. was fairly early in her career. I yeah, mean, so her like, actually off big hit EP. was 2008. Yeah. Uh, kind of around this time. Which yeah, this would be her, her I think, peak. Her like, Katy here. Perry album with like... Actually, it's a single off this album. This, like, See, I never know if to say... You're so gay, or you are so gay, but it's not capitalized. I think it's your so be because, your, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so of course, it has I like, Kissed a Girl on it, it has Hot and Cold on it. Those were pretty huge around that time. Still popular right. songs, I think. But if you recall us, you know, having lived at the time, I was alive. Very yes. popular songs. Oh, yeah. Um, um yeah so with this one she's retitled it to use your love um and with that has come some some lyrical changes that really don't don't amount to too much of anything um no, i'll go over them right now ton. pretty quick it makes it more like it changes a few of the dynamics um mm-hmm. but i guess you you have some cliff notes first yeah here's so here's the the lyrics i know you know my boyfriend is out of town so have a drink let's talk it over so many things i shouldn't be saying now you know i like my boys a little bit older so it, it, that one 
pretty much gives you the same thing as the original, yeah. except where the boyfriend doesn't have a name. A little more explicit in, like, yeah. my boyfriend's out of town. A little more. Yeah. You have to make, and, like, like, I shouldn't be a, saying a these things now. slight inference mm-hmm. in the original. And we introduce alcohol into the equation with, so have a drink. True. True. And that's going to be important. That will be important. Um, verse two is all my girls are nowhere to be found. They all split when I'm in trouble. Basically the same as the original, but I'll tell you all my secrets if you stick around. Um, this one says it's the undercover lovers under the covers. Which also like spells out the, the double entendre from before. Yeah. And it makes that's a fun like little tongue twister, the yeah. undercover lovers under the covers. It is a fun it is a fun thing to say. <laughs> yeah, same Cover shit. Covers under. Um, Let's have uh, sex. I don't. My friends yeah. are nowhere around. I'm lonely. Also, just a note: slight difference on the chorus. Um, it does the like pop word repetition thing and say, "I just want to use yeah. it tonight, 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 tonight." Like pops, you know. Uh, yeah, you know and honestly, a, a strong move. Like the original chorus is great, and then yeah, to make it for, more poppy for the mid eighties. Using... Yeah, like this yeah. just updated it and made it make sense in two thousand eight instead of nineteen eighty five. Yeah, it, so yeah. I, it's a good update. I I, I approve of it. Um, then we get to uh, verse three or the the bridge verse. Yeah, this, this the... one says the bridge is this other bit where she's just like kind of making sounds. Right. I just want to use your love. Uh, but uh, oh, but then they still like. I don't know, because it's a bridge still. Yeah. But anyway, maybe it's... So this one is, trying to stop my head from spinning instead of hands from shaking. Too much to drink, not making sense. It's been a while since I've been with someone new. I can't stop the way I'm feeling. Which kind of potentially, like, the song doesn't really go into it. They're both drinking, and obviously, maybe not doing great right. things um does this is this yeah is this meant to absolve the, her of guilt a little in this song i don't know is the implication that this guy is taking advantage of her uh, i don't think i don't so get that idea she, that's not really she, the tone of the song she offers the drinks true and that so it's uh i, I think she's had too many drinks because it's sort of similar to the original his hands are shaking because and his mind is not making sense because he knows he shouldn't be doing this right yeah and it's the same thing here, I think. She's drinking because to give herself the courage to go ahead and cheat. Right. But she's overcompensated and her head's spinning. And nothing makes sense. Yeah. And then as you leave, please could you close the door now that our love affair is over? You're exactly what I was looking for. We'll find a shoulder to cry upon. Yeah, I don't quite understand the last line. Or it's like, we'll, we'll both be sad about this, but like we'll get through it. Like We'll get over it. We'll find someone. Maybe else. my interpretation was this: the was this this is the embodiment of I just want to use your love tonight. Right now that our love affair is over, you're exactly what I was looking for. Someone to use tonight. We'll find we separately will find somebody for actual emotional support. Right, because there's kind of like the duality of the song of like I want to use your love, but I also don't want to lose it. Hmm. So this part, like it is lost. So it is. There's gonna be some crying. Mm-hmm. And then that's the uh, yeah maybe maybe they're finding other people to cry upon. She has a boyfriend in this, so yes, and, presumably she already has a shoulder to cry on. And the other person knows that, so there's no question mm-hmm. at the beginning. They know what's going on. Yeah, the the relationship is laid plain at the beginning. Yeah, whereas in the original, there's 
perhaps some ambiguity as to how much the other person knows. Yeah. I mean, they know Josie's out of town, but are on a vacation, but Josie's relationship, current relationship status with the narrator is, yeah, like in question. Yeah. Potentially. Um, and then we get a couple of extra lines in the, the outro chorus bit, similar to the original. Um, one of the backup vocal lyrics is, you don't mean nothing at all to me, which uh, I, I assume is to reinforce the using love tonight aspect. Mm-hmm. And then the outro, she says, I think I'm done fucking singing this song. Like several times. And you can't say but, that on the radio. Yeah, so it gets like distorted by some digital garble. So it makes it kind of sound like she says, I think I'm done fucking and singing this song. That's what I thought it was, <laughs> honestly. And Which like, also makes sense, because she finished having the affair, yeah. and so now she's finished singing the song. I did two things, and I am done both of them. Okay. Three things. All right. No. I'm here, to, um, I'm here to fuck and sing this song, and I'm all out of both. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, okay, bye. Um, yeah. That's, that's the lyrical changes. Still very similar. Updates it a bit. Kind of more of like, well, there's like alcohol involved now. It's more of like a party yeah, thing, but it's not really a party. It kind of fits that Katy Perry image. Like, even I kissed a girl. Yes. It's like, I was at a party, and I had a drink, and then I kissed a girl. Yeah. And you're like, okay, yep. That, I so think, it fits in that same vibe. Is like the big thing about the lyrics is it really fits in like the character of the performer Katy Perry. Whatever yeah. that means for anything. Like, especially this very early in her career. Like, this is the image she was trying to portray. Mm-hmm. At the time. So yeah, I think she did an effective job of making this song her own. Let's talk talking about some of the like instrumental changes. Uh yeah. synth bass on this. Yes. It's- Although it starts off with like that guitar. So it starts yeah. off pretty similar to the original with a guitar. Which I thought was interesting because a lot of times the pop versions will just go straight into the synth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a heavier distortion on this guitar, I think, to make that transition to synth a little easier. Yeah, maybe. Um, Because, yeah, you get that in, and then you can hear that crunchy synth bass that comes in after she starts stinging. It says... Yeah. Yeah, there's a a lot of, like, sounds happening, too. It's more modern production. We're in 2007. It's a pop song now. Yeah, and we're maybe leaning almost too heavy on on computer-generated stuff. Maybe not. Maybe. I don't know, man. Maybe not. That's I a think question I ask a, myself like frequently, and I never have an answer for it. So, yeah, on this one, it doesn't irritate me. Honestly, no. I think this is a pretty decent cover. Yeah, it's not. It's not bad. Um, and then what else happens? Come in with the uh, you know, drum machine. Pretty quick drum machine. Lots of cymbals, or maybe just drums. Is it drum machine? I would guess a drum machine, but I can't say with any certainty. Yeah, I would just associate drum machines with this style of music, but I don't actually know. Yeah. Oh, we get, and like the the chorus is the big dopamine release on this, particularly because it is a right. uh, a pop song. And so they give us that very quick. And, and yeah, this doesn't answer the question of whether it's organic drums or not. No. I was just moving forward. But yeah, so we get that reward immediately. And then it kind of goes back down to the the second verse but with drums similar to the original honestly yeah and here i think that's where you get the synthesizer doing like i think it's a synthesizer yeah that's where it becomes more prominent i do believe it is a synthesizer (sighs) what else is going on here um i like the bass pattern on the uh 
with a label as verse three, but I think it's still just the bridge because it was the bridge yeah. in the original. Because it's doing this, well, like, yeah, so yeah, and the uh, the they keep the guitar solo from the that section, what they're calling the bridge, where she uh layers on her vocals oh, yeah. on top. I just want to use your guitar la-uh-uh. solo. La-uh-uh. La-uh-uh. And yeah. then, yeah, when we hit the actual bridge uh, lyrics, she's doing this, uh, uh, or that, she's not doing it, somebody's doing it, the, this, like, beep boopy synth pattern. It's almost very oh, yeah. video gamey. Yeah, Yeah, so a lot more synthesizers. There's probably a few we're missing, too. Yeah, for sure. It's hard. They're so, they're so layered. You do, like, there's, like, a thousand synths on these songs. Yeah. All right. Um, and then another chorus. And then, like, that outro section. But there's, like, a, something I've written about, but I need to confirm. Confirm it, Alex. Oh, it, that's like right. It's 12 years old that's right. in the Catholic Church. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, another, like, pretty pop thing. Uh, that I would associate, especially with pop around this time and probably still to this day, um, is the transition between the uh, ver or the chorus that I just want to lose your, use your love tonight, and then like her own backup vocal coming in like tonight, and then like go up, the kind of like tonight, and then like that's sort of the transition to the next section but it's also like a long held note that is fairly high and like i guess powerful oh yeah that's a yeah i think that is a standard pop technique yeah you hear it a lot i'm gonna say i i i recognize it yeah and yeah. Now the the ending on this, do you think that's uh to use uh, for dance purposes? It's it's sort of her substitution for like a fade out. Yeah, I think so. Because like, obviously it's irrelevant to the actual song. Yeah, because it's like breaking the fourth wall, sort of like I'm singing a song, you know, I'm telling mm-hmm. this story, um, and also kind of dismissive of the whole thing, and maybe in line with the. Um, the one of the lines they take out is the like just because you're right don't mean I'm wrong, um, and that sort of shows that, or like we said in the original, kind of implies that the lesson wasn't learned. There wasn't like a lesson learned or anything, um, right? And maybe this sort of casual attitude about it is implying the same thing. It's like, well, I guess mm-hmm. I'm done with this. I'll stop singing. Right. Now. Just, yeah, and maybe to distance herself from the like the topics of you know infidelity, she's like, I just like this pop song, and now I'm done singing it. Yeah. So I don't know, or it it does seem to be part of that like image thing. Like this is says to me like she's yeah, kind of being dismissive and like whatever. I did yeah. the thing. It's my life. And I have Here's the next fun it. Katy Perry thing. Let's do something else fun, yeah. Yeah. Um so we're gonna move from straight pop to some Euro dance pop with Euro top dance. models in two thousand eight. Juicy's on a vacation for a Come around and talk it over. 
top models. Played this for Will. He said he thought he knew the genre name, but he couldn't remember what it was. So, mm. thanks, Will. I associate it with Eurodance, mostly one because they are a German dance project organized by DJ Pulse Driver. DJ Pulse Driver. Who, <laughs> who we talked about previously on the Take Me Home Tonight episode. Oh. Yeah. Did we talk about Top Models? We did talk about Top Models. Okay, because I couldn't remember what the song was. And I forgot um, to look yeah. it up. I had to look it up. I thought it was Summer of 69 for a second, but that was a different German guy who did a, a cover of it. <laughs> um, this is their whole thing, though, is they take... Uh, you know, popular songs, and then do all, uh, the same trick. Basically, start out with a straight cover, and then just fucking pulse in that Euro dance, like high energy synth. Um, I looked up top models on the German Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and their genre is described as hands up. That's we've definitely talked about that. That yeah. is ringing a bell because um, you use it to rob people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, it might be just in there. It's somewhere. Hands up or dance core. Dance core. All right. You ask Will if he was gonna say hands up or dance core. I will ask him that. Um, what what happens in this? What happens in this song? Also strumming. Also starts with guitar strumming. Yeah, like it starts very faithful. It's it's almost like a karaoke track. Like you could play. That's this. true. Yeah, it's kind of their structure is kind of neat because like. They start with, let's just do a cover of this song. Yeah. That's like really close. And then like the synth comes in and we're like, and then they do like their dance um, riff thing. Cause you got to have your mm. dance riff. Oh yeah. And it's th- these big fucking, just these monster synths that you pull out for these, this type of dance music where it just yeah. feels like pure energy. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's fun, I think, because it, it, it's a straight cover for so, for like, 50 seconds or so and then yeah, like, it's like you, a minute lead and then there's just just like really like do, 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 like dance synth sound now the the fun thing is if you go to about 37 seconds you can hear them stealthily turn oh. down the guitar and then it's the guitar starts sounding like it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. still there but it's highly muted they just like turn the filter on or down yeah and then at 48 seconds, they oh. cut the drums entirely, and then the that synth pattern, that synth riff starts to pulse upwards. Yes, and then we get synth. Now it's a, and then they like do the chorus um, as it like builds, and then they kind of do, then they do their like, this is their dance riff. Yeah. And then yeah, it's it's big dumb drums. It's a lot of kicks and boots and cats we get. Yeah, so this is big. This is where we hit the floor on the floor. Those dance synths, like it's going. Now at one twenty nine, Alex, is this what you would call an orphaned beat? Oh, did I call something that? You did once on an earlier episode, where it was like just beat for a bit yeah because everything leaves except the rhythm section and you get to kind of appreciate it would this would you say that this is in that vein at the about 128 mark well first of all i have to remember why i called something that in the first place Uh, um i believe it was on it was with the it was the cover by seed of the song of which is probably the tide is high yes yeah on the tide is high okay um i think so because it's just a beat like on its own, and there's like not much else going on, and then other stuff comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember the specifics of why I called it that. 
I'm gonna look that up. What? Later. Yeah, look that up. Uh, it was just that, like you like didn't have a real term for it or like a, a, a official sanction. And I term, still so agree that, that it's a one. cool word. Yeah, I like I like a the cool phrase. Term, it's good. And I want to use it, but I want to remember <laughs> how I used it before because I forgot Fair about enough. that. Um, but yes, there's like a section where it's just kind of pulsing, and it's kind of pulsing mm-hmm. between the drum and the synth- like bass synthesizer. So it's like going back and forth on like each beat. Yeah, and then on top of that, they build the bridge verse. So you just get that bam, 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 bam. and then a like an extra drum pattern comes in. We get the vocals, and then I think there's another section with that dance riff, like at the end. They do that a couple times. Yeah. So but, yeah, we actually come back to basically a yeah. straight cover. Yeah. It. Which is, I thought it was kind of neat because a lot of these kind of electronic dance versions can really discard a lot of the song. Oh, yeah. And and that's fine, you know. There's still good covers that discard a lot of the song. But it really feels like we just did a dance track and we wanted to use, like, this chorus that was good. And there's not yeah. much else connecting it. So this just stays closer to the original. Um I guess it's not as it's less risky, but it works. Yeah, and and there still feels like a little bit of a divorce because it is like, here's the song, and now here's this bump and synth. True. Here, uh, uh, <laughs> th- although those sections are like not that long in this one, so it can be a yeah. bit weird in other ones where you're like, it's been like a minute and a half. What is this still a cover? <laughs> like, yeah, that's fair. Like this one definitely keeps it. Yeah, where in. they're like, we put the dance synth in there because that's what we do, but it's still mostly a cover of this song. Yeah, they're essentially using that synth for a longer chorus. It's just him saying, I just want to use your love as this fucking synth. Right. Blast. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of what I thought of this one. Like, it, it's maybe a bit safer compared to some, but also more coherent, like, as a yeah, song. Yeah, certainly more recognizable. You can go, okay, yeah, this is, this is a cover. Yeah, most of it is still recognizable as this song. Yeah. And they just got to put the dance synth in, and I appreciated it. It was decent. Yeah, and that's a solid move. Alter the chorus, which is, you know, uh, again, like the dopamine delivery part of the song. Yeah. And just make it huge. Just give it all the fucking dopamine. Crank it up. Um, Coming up next is another uh, another band from the Take Me Home Tonight episode. Death Blossoms in 2016. Josie's on a vacation far away. actually forgot about these guys entirely until you just said mm-hmm. that right now i'll tell you what their whole thing is hard rock remixes pop rock hits and 80s new wave and we're pretty clear on our stance on like gimmick bands like this since uh just ruins it for me this, one like, was, this is our whole yeah. gimmick this one was definitely like strange especially because they called themselves hard rock remixes of pop radio like when I think of hard rock, I, I, I guess I have old-fashioned sensibilities. But usually when I think of hard rock, it's like in terms of, like, we're playing hard rock and it's a return to form as compared to, like, progressive rock in the 70s. Yeah, when I think of hard rock, I would think, like, Van Halen. Yeah, or, like, Bad Company. Like early Van Halen, or, yeah, Bad Company. Or something like that. This is more like Imagine Dragons? 
Yeah, this is slipping more into like alt metal. It's definitely more modern. It's 2016, so I don't necessarily know what we call hard rock today. I will admit. It might be that hard rock is quite a large umbrella. It is very, yeah, I'm sure it's very broad. I don't know necessarily what is classified as hard rock in 2016, though. Mm. Um, this, apparently. But this is definitely yeah. a lot more synthesizer. Yeah, it starts off with, like, a dance synth riff. Yeah, like, very, it's very filtered, but it's like, without yeah, any drums. This percussion, yeah, that comes in after it. It's like, oh, where are we going with this? And we do not go, we don't really stick with those. And yeah, it just um, kind of get... does like a kind of sound. And then like, there's two uh, people singing. Yeah, we get like a, yeah, we a, a dude and a, a lady. Yeah, it's like male, singing. female vocals just kind of like layered over each other. Yeah. And then they hit a little bit older hard and we move into a, a chugging heavy metal guitar. Yes, I and, guess this yeah. is the heavy guitar part. Yeah. Oh, and it's got and the bass too. Boom, 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 boom. Oh yeah. Is that an octave? I believe so. Yes. I think it's a fifth. Sorry, that's. Yeah, I had be. I had my melodica nearby, so I had to grab it. That was a fifth. <laughs> I realized if I keep it on my desk, I can play it during meetings when I'm not talking. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's very useful to keep around. Don't you have to like, cause you gotta have you gotta be blowing air into that, right? Well, yeah, I just mute my microphone and. We but won't people see the. Oh no 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 no! I um, I don't I don't turn my camera on. Ah. Uh, we just do audio okay. meetings. Yeah. Good. That's good. My fucking boss is always doing video meetings with me, and I gotta fucking throw clothes <laughs> on. <laughs> I, if it's a one on one, then I don't play it. But. <laughs> We'll cut this part out just in case any any employers listen. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that's not the best thing to admit to. Um, I still pay attention to the meeting. I just sometimes have to also play. No, I get it. I get it. Um. Oh fuck. That yeah. Up. So, so it heavy metals up a bit, and uh, then we get some more some harsher sounding synths as well. Yeah, they keep it pretty uh, like heavy and dirty. Yeah, I think um, a lot of like intensify the vocals at the end to lead into the next thing. Yeah, a very long uh, bridge between uh, one of the choruses and the and the next verse. Yeah, there's a lot like, of like kind of some like effect things. Yeah, there's like uh, what did I, did I give it a name? No, I just said effects and stuff. Thanks, past me. Kind yeah, of like a lot of like, yeah, like, it's like guitar effects. It'll be like, chicka chicka, kind of that kind of stuff. Yeah, like yeah. what I would think of as almost like industrial or new metal. Yeah, it's oh yeah, I was I my mind conjured Lincoln Park for some reason. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I I always say these things. I'm like, but I don't actually know that much about the genre. Um, <laughs> but that's where my brain goes as well. So I'm glad yours did too, because yeah, but I'm not. At least we're wrong together if yeah. we're wrong. Uh, and yeah, there's like some there's like more synthesizers. They like t switch up the instruments a bit. They'll t they take out like the, that chugging guitar for a bit, and there's just this synthesizer that's very like bright and wide. 
Yeah. And it's kind of like that mix and match sort of thing. I I was a little iffy on this one too. I I don't know. I'm not totally into the sound. Yeah, it's um <clears throat> I I don't know. I always think of maybe grander ideas when I think of metal like this and just like a a cheeky one night stand doesn't really play into my understanding of this genre. It's not like that's what these songs should be about. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe I just need to work through this like in my brain, but I always kind of turn off when i hear this it it feels kind of generic to me like it's all yeah. these things but it's not like an interesting version of them it's just kind of these things these things and it's not no, and things that i like, like love so i just kind of tuned out yeah because like even like when we did our lincoln park episode way back listening to that song i was like oh this is actually like fucking good yeah and then like listening to this i don't get that same reaction yeah and i guess the other thing about this one like i'm just looking over my notes there are a lot of like switch ups things change a lot but i don't know if it oh, actually yeah. amounts to anything that's right maybe there's just too much going <clears throat> on in here there's sometimes they do a little bit more staccato playing there's some yeah. some stops and starts we get a bunch of different synth noises different vocal performances it starts with the uh, male and female and then we go to just a straight dude like there is a lot going on here but nothing quite hooks me and in the original version of this there frankly isn't a lot going on it's just like good tones and good play styles True. yeah there's not even really like a, a riff like we've said yeah even even that would be simple if it was just based around a single riff but yeah it's just and maybe it's just this style is like that i don't know but uh, kind of turned me off a bit. Yeah, we get a like a kind of bass solo around the 325 mark near the end. Didn't even notice bass anywhere else in the song. And then it just ends with this like rising synth pattern. It goes... There is a bass thing, but it's just kind of like... It's like, like 100% what happens when you just isolate a track on a, <laughs> where all the other instruments should be playing. Turn, and then turn up like, the bass. Way to go. Yeah. Not that that's bad uh, bass. That's fine for bass to do that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like holding the spotlight. The bass solos aren't always exciting. No, I've done I've done some stinker bass solos, <laughs> mostly stinkers in my day. Like <laughs> sometimes you just don't have anything to say on the bass. Yeah. Um, but we do have something to say about one more cover. One and more that's cover by the animal and me in 2018. Joseph's on a vacation far away Come around and talk it over So many things that I want to say You know I like my girls a little bit older I just... Yep. Um, couldn't find a lot on these guys. They were formed in 2012 in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm just kind of guessing that their genre is metal. They have a YouTube channel. Yeah, they're they kind of like of... hardcore sound. That's what I picked up, mostly because of the screaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and usually if someone screams, I'm like, that's hardcore, but it might be metal too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, did you watch? Because it's not really a music video, but I they did, do have yeah. a video of them recording this. Yeah. It's uh, the contrast between them playing and what we hear is like so vast. It is very strange. <laughs> it's, it's quite odd because it's quite intense after we get out of the intro of this song, but they're just like sitting down, like, like chilling out and just like 
It looks it looks unnatural. Yeah. And I guess some of this genre is just showmanship, you know? I like guess you so. don't actually need to be whipping your head around and like fucking doing that much to make the sound, but it's Yeah, because realistically that's not necessarily a good thing to do because you're supposed to like do things in a relaxed way or you'll just like fuck mm-hmm. up your body. Um so they're probably doing the right thing. Especially like the screaming. Like you can really fuck yourself up if you don't do the screaming oh, yeah. right. And this guy seems to be I mean, I can't judge it, but he doesn't seem to be like super tense. Like he seems to be just doing what he needs to do. No, yeah, like uh it's doesn't look like there's any heavy strain in his throat or like he's not tightening it up too much. Yeah. He doesn't like have a super red face with like, his eyes bulging or anything. In fact, I think he has his eyes closed. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. What's All that going to say, on? In these this guys, version. yeah, look like they know what they're doing. But when you watch that and hear the music, you feel like I don't know. <laughs> it's confusing. So we start out, um, yeah, I wonder, pretty soft. We got female I would vocals. Think that the the video would not be filmed when they were actually recording. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because like I'm but looking then, at the computer behind him, it has a bunch of levels on it. There's no like colored bars moving up and down. Mm, okay. So, so maybe this is maybe it's nothing. Like, but I would hazard a guess that nothing is happening on those computers. Um, right. But anyway, uh so what did I think of this overall? Uh the vocals, I, it kind of strikes me like I think they're more of like a YouTube kind of cover group. That was my impression right. of them. And they kind of have that feeling to me like it's it's not like bad, but there's clearly a little bit like they're not like seasoned professionals involved. Mm. It's not like you can just pay for a bunch of really good people who've been doing this for 30 years. They're doing this themselves, I think. Right. I could be totally wrong in that because I couldn't find much on the band, but that was the that was the uh, vibe I got. Well, yeah, well, they've been in it, at the time of recording this, at least six years. They were founded in 2012. Yeah. So total now, they've been around for eight years. Um, Yeah, as far as their experiences before that, who knows? And... In terms of the the mu- the music business landscape in these days, it's very muddy. It's mm-hmm. hard to say who is and is not successful <laughs> or experienced. Yeah, really. Um, but that's the vibe I got from them. Right. So what do they um, do? I was. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they um, it's kind of like there's their their lead singer is female, so she's doing the main vocals, and then there's their other guy who also plays the guitar, um, mm-hmm. and he's doing like like backup vocals but it'll be like the scream well i don't yeah. want to lose your love tonight and then later on he like they like harmonize on the i think it was the third verse he just like yeah. sings normally and he sings pretty nice they just harmonize yeah, he has, has it's a like a nice very sudden voice. change um actually the bridge itself is screamed entirely yeah and which then, i think yeah. is a good move because like that's interpretation of it as internal yeah yeah yeah. I always think that's nice. I think it's a good touch. Um, and then, like, suddenly transitions to, like, his, like, normal singing voice, which is, like I said, it sounds pretty good. And, like, it's a sudden transition. Mm-hmm. And then they just harmonize for the third verse. In terms of yeah, this... Yeah, it's, um... Yeah, sorry. I, I, and I do wonder you. if this is just end of playlist fatigue, but it just, like didn't hit me that hard yeah i uh, maybe i kind of felt the same way i'm i'm trying to like look over i'm like yeah it's a little more like it's pretty heavy too they had a bunch of like heavy like distorted chugging guitar and like there's some like stuff going on but i i yeah i don't know it it felt a little more 
and and there's nothing wrong with it being amateurish and they're not really amateurish like this is what they do i don't know why i'm stuck on that i'm tripping over yeah myself. it's all it's a different kind because i mean you want to talk about amateurish like daniel johnston playing recording songs on a yeah i guess amateur is the wrong because really it, it does feel very polished mm-hmm. perhaps too so too much yeah, and maybe it's the same way that, you know, if you, you trace a drawing and then color it in yourself, like, it, it just feels a bit cookie-cutter. Yeah, sure, and you, you can still, colors, like, but... add some cool details if you're just doing color. But yeah, there's still kind of an aspect to it that you... That is common. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It is it, There is something about this that just doesn't, doesn't hit the same way <laughs> that uh, some of the other ones even on this playlist hit, like... Like the Katy Perry one hits harder for me than this does. Yeah, I felt I, I, I did dislike it, but I felt fairly indifferent overall. Yeah. I think the the weirdest thing about this version, I thought, was once they get to like the chorus and the outro, there's a bunch of like sword clash sound effects. Hmm. Like or like 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 ting kind of sound. It sounded to oh, me yeah. like a sound effect. Of I that. think that might be uh, uh, the some part of the drum kit though. Yeah, maybe. It happens a couple times. Okay, I'm I just thought noticing it, was, it around. Yeah, I don't know. Two twenty nine. That it seems to be part it of like a a hitting times. your fun stuff on the drums. But yeah, it could be a sound effect too. But yeah, it, it's uh just like I don't know. It's just not hitting right. I'm right there with you, pal. I I think I might like this one better than the Death Blossoms version, but even then, I don't know. I think I do. I think I do. I, w- I didn't like the Death Blossoms version that much. Yeah. I think I like the start of the Death Blossoms version, and they, they drop those parts for... Yeah, maybe, because it changes so much. Shift. They don't, they don't yeah. stick with anything. No. Yeah. With that, we're going to get into our final verdicts. We got three categories today. The worst version, the best version... And the version that you believe the most amount of affairs have been committed to. Oh, I have an answer for that. <laughs> All, <laughs> All right. right, Alex, what's the worst version? What's the of worst this? version? I think for me, it's probably the Death Blossom version. Death Blossoms? Death Blossoms. Because, like, all mm-hmm. the other ones were at least fine. And this one, I don't know. Maybe it's just a genre I don't like very much. But, uh, yeah. Was there any other I didn't like? Um, the other ones Hirsch were all Gardner like, was a, a bit below average. Yeah, yeah, that one didn't feel very that it doesn't feel spectacular, and I'm sure it's on kind of the same level as this Death Blossoms one, but just the Death Blossoms one maybe being more modern and therefore being something I can identify as not really liking that much. It's the mm. worst one for me. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, there are these people who lay their gimmick plain. This is what we do. We're a we're a song machine that you you pop in a pop rock '80s hit and a quarter, and then we press it into a hard rock remix. And and that just yeah. is boring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. Death Blossoms, worst version. Uh, although, like Hirsch Gardner, I think had potential, although it failed ultimately in my eyes. But you know what, it had potential. Um, and even the animal and me, I don't know if it hit, but it, uh, like, I still think it was a slight cut above Death Blossoms. Um, and these other ones, like, yeah, like, I, I wasn't crazy about Nose 4, but even they did an okay acoustic cover. Yeah. Like, other ones left me more thoughtful than, than these ones did. So there you go. Best version, Alex. 
best version. All right. So I didn't think any of these covers were outstanding. Um, they were good ones, sure, but none <laughs> of them really like blew me away or anything. But I think for best that I'm going to go with the Butchies. I think the Butchies. Yeah, just because I don't know it. It was changed it up, slowed it down a bit, and uh, they do the loop thing at the end too, which I thought was kind of clever. Mm. And uh, there's not much else I can say about it. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. solid pick. Um, for me, it's a toss-up between Less Than Jake and uh, Katy Perry, who I think both capitalized on uh, kind of the themes and ideas in the original, brought it into their own style. Katy Perry does a great update on it, and this, uh, you know, makes it even poppier, or at least more modern pop. Yeah. And Less Than Jake knocks it out in a <laughs> in a minute and a half. And there's something to be said for efficiency in that. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it to less than Jake just because uh, I think I'm probably going to pick Katy Perry for the next round here. But what? Uh, with that, Alex. <laughs> okay. So, Alex, the- I mean, what I'm, here's what I'm going with. So, so the outfield has the most time to work with this, right? Right. But I feel like there's two versions that would be most associated with what I would associate with modern debauchery, and that is nightclub culture. So, it's got to be Katy Perry or Top Models. And I yeah, think of 100%. those two, it's probably Katy Perry. Yeah. Only because, as far as I know, that like I don't know if either of these songs are played anywhere. <laughs> Quite frankly. And nor do I know if, if, you, if you're cheating, if you're like, I'm going to play fucking Use Your Love by Katy Perry. Yeah, really. Like, let's, let's play a song that kind of judges our actions. <laughs> That's, that'll make me feel comfortable. And stop thinking about what's going on. Um, but, yeah. And that's also the version that doesn't seem to... I don't know. I, I got a little less of, like, this is a bad thing from that version. Just a little bit, though. Because the other one doesn't really have it either. And it's all the character, right? So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, just the way she's like, well, we got what we wanted It's yep. <laughs> in the Katy Perry. Right, it has like, the, oh. like, upbeat ending of, like, let's let's say fuck because now some i don't know that's just my assumption yeah okay so give it to katie perry did i steal yours oh no yeah that was my oh yes there's no theft here alex (laughs) okay Um, no i think katie perry too because more more rooted in american culture where i think infidelity is maybe more prominent maybe than across the pond i don't know I don't know though. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. That's our final verdicts though. If you got a similar opinion, a different opinion, or want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, like the Bruno Mars version, hit us up. It's a Bruno uh, Mars version. Yeah, there is. Oh. Uh, I think it's just like a live one, so I didn't do it. Oh, okay. Um, hashtag cover me pod at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise guy, or you can email us covermepod at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns. Rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell anybody who listened to you. So you know what? You got to socialize. You got to talk about something. Talk about this. From a distance, though. From a distance, though. From a distance, uh, from a distance <laughs> That's though. what That's I said. That's what Alex said. I didn't did you just say mumble. that from a distance? Um, I should have, but I didn't. I just mumbled. 
Okay, fair enough. Um, we are going to rip into a bonus segment here really quick. It's going to be very quick, rip super quick. Alex, first song that comes to mind with the word love in it, go. Um, can I say your love? Sure. <laughs> uh, um, I got Somebody no. to Love by Queen. Honestly, I was still thinking of One Night Love Affair. That was what it actually was. Um, if you want to hit us up with your first love song to come to mind when you think of a love song or a song with the word love in it rather hit us up on twitter hashtag first love song to come to my mind when i think of the word love no just hashtag first love song okay as we always say on cover me stay the night but keep it under cover me <laughs> 